0: Hello, hello, hello! And welcome back to the More Money Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Morehouse. You did hear that right. It's not (laughs) Jessica Morehouse. I'm here though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, it is her sister. I'm taking over
1: for the podcast today. What she's going to be doing. So we came up with this idea because I wanted to, like I brought my podcast equipment when I was coming home to Vancouver to visit my family. And, uh, you know, I didn't really have an idea what the episode would be about. um, So I thought we just figured out when I was there. But she came up with a great idea that she would kind of turn the tables and interview me because I have never been interviewed on my own show. And I've been doing this show for over six years now. So I'm like, that's a great idea. Idea. I mean, she knows me pretty darn well, but also as someone now who who works for me, I guess, and, and part of her job is actually mm-hmm. listening to each and every one of these episodes before they go live. Uh, she has a really good sense of what the show is about, and uh, so I think it'll be an interesting uh conversation that we have. She has a bunch of uh, notes and questions written down. I do have
0: notes. Okay, so where did you want to start? Let's start from the beginning. Okay, where
1: where do you want to start? Like, but actually though. <laughs> Like how far back do we want to go?
0: Um, let's start. Well, I I want to center this um, episode around going freelance, going mm. you know, be it if you have a side hustle. You're wanting and this to- is because you have gone freelance yes. this year, and so it's yes. a, it's a, a journey. Yes, yeah. So I want to um, go back to your story and okay. and see how that all came to be. I mean, I know. I know it very well. Yeah, and I feel like I honestly haven't shared that many
1: details on the show because I feel like the last time I really talked about it, probably in a solo episode, it was still a bit fresh, and I was afraid that someone from my <laughs> old job would, uh, you know, know what I felt and not give me a reference. But uh, I've been doing my running my own business uh, for almost 5 years now and so i don't really care i am not going to use any of those people as my references so i'm good i can you know spill the tea so to speak if you
0: if you will as the kids say the tea is piping hot the, the
1: tea is piping hot and ready to be <laughs> spilled anyways so so where okay so where should i start um let me let me go back to i think cuz i get this question a lot is why did you t- uh, decide to quit your you know corporate job that seemed kind of fine in the face of it um and i mean you know it was a pretty big risk to take um why did you do that um and the real reason is it's not like i had this big plan and especially too if you're a long time listener you'll remember some of my early episodes especially i think it was like episode one possibly with my husband who's been self-employed for as long as i've known him um i'm like i can never do that i will never become self-employed not for me. I, I liked the comfort and security of working for a company. And I still do miss a lot of aspects of that. Don't get me wrong. And that's why I have so many. I find issues when I go online, go on Instagram. There's all these people talking about how amazing it is to be self-employed. And they really mm-hmm. o- they're really only telling half the story, guys. Um, so I think being an employee is great. However... Uh, my particular situation, um, I, you know, at that point, I'd been working for different companies, uh, full time, different, you know, positions for over seven years. Uh, I was with my current company for over two years when I it all kind of happened And this sounds super cheesy. But um, it all kind of happened when I turned 30 and had a bit of a, you know, quarter life crisis, I suppose, Um, turned 30 had a good look at my life and was like I'm not happy I don't like my life I this is not where I thought I'd be at this point in my life I'm I'm just like honestly miserable to be honest and part of that was because of my job I mean I spent all my time at my job really um I didn't feel valued I wasn't getting paid enough I was promised a promotion that never came to fruition uh I was doing way more work than um what I was hired for all of these things and so I basically came to you know uh the decision to, I'm going to leave no matter what. Uh, I interviewed at a lot of different companies, actually. Did you ever mm-hmm. say
0: what you used to do? I don't know if I actually did.
1: I don't know. But I, yeah, so I my last job was with a, a big Bay Street law firm in Toronto. I worked in digital marketing um, and did a lot of the things, actually, that I do now for mm. my own business. So mm-hmm. social media, web, you know, graphic design, website stuff, blogging, all this kind of stuff. Um, so it was very relevant and it was great because no one really knew <laughs> When I did, I think. <laughs> because, uh, I mean, it's a law firm. They don't know. And law f- Lawyers, God bless them, don't know anything about social media. Um, so, I did a lot of that. Um, so, I, when I was kind of made that decision to, you know, exit, um, definitely started applying in a bunch of different places. I'll start doing research on like, okay, if I, you know, maybe don't find a company that I, I want to kind of jump ship to, if I do this on my own, you know, start because I did have the side hustle um, at the time, what would that look like? And, you know, when you're kind of doing research, research like that it just looks like i'm researching for my job which is always convenient um but basically i you know did a lot of interviews there was just nothing that got me super excited and it just came to a point where i'm like i need to quit this job Mm -hmm. and i'm not one of those people that believes that you should necessarily quit your job before you have something lined up but for me and i've talked to so many people in my instagram DMs and and uh over email over the years about this um it really came to a point where i was like it is critical for my own mental health Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm that I quit because it really was. And now that I have this perspective, such a toxic work environment, it was affecting, um, how I thought about myself. I really felt like kind of worthless, um, and was drinking too much, was spending money that I shouldn't have just so I could feel something, all of these things. I was just, you know, not in a very good place. It was a bit of a, a dark place. And so I, uh, gave two months notice in, uh, November of 2016, and also uh, talk about risk. Me and my husband had just bought our first home. So mm. that was a bit yeah. scary, but he was very supportive. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of I had a very you know sizable emergency fund because I think I was like hoarding money, getting ready for this uh, big change. But also, like, I again, I, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to quit and show them. I gave them two months notice so they can change their mind so they can give me that promotion raise that they promised. I literally was hoping that would be the case and everything would be fine
0: i didn't know that
1: yeah that's why i gave two months notice. i
0: didn't my know that <laughs> yeah i was really hoping they changed
1: their mind you know when you hear like stories or you watch you know a movie or tv show and they're like oh i'm gonna you know basically use the leverage of like fine well i'll quit unless you know uh, you know unless you uh give me that promotion yeah or, yeah yeah well i kind of did that and it didn't work out and i actually had to quit <laughs> So I would say never um, kind of put them in that position, kind of like that threat uh, of like, well, I'll quit then unless you are
0: actually willing to quit because you may have to quit. And I did. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think you've said that um, a lot of people in your life were shocked that Mm -hmm. you wanted to go freelance and, you know, go and work on your own business. I was not. Really? I always thought you were going to work for yourself. Oh, I never had that plan in, at, at all. I just, ever. I don't know why. I always had that sense. So I probably was maybe one of the few who was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, do it.
1: Interesting. Yeah. It's not that people weren't supportive, though, mom certainly well, was um, concerned <laughs> to say the least. I mean, I, I mean, she just didn't understand because she'd been an employee, same with my dad, course. you know, our dad for forever. And so, why would you quit a stable totally fine yeah you know sort of well-paying corporate job where you could if you just stick it out work your way up Uh, why would you quit that for uncertainty um and i understand that it does look a bit crazy especially since like like to give everyone a, a reference point no one in our families on both sides uncles cousin anyway and no one is self-employed no one runs no. their own business everyone is an employee um and even going back to like our grandparents and all this no one that i know of in our family um is self-employed and so it's a bit Except of a crazy idea
0: our dad's
1: father had ran did have his a own bakery. business that's true he did have his own he did business. run his own yeah business. that's true um so that's like one person. one person out of how many <laughs> how many um, and so, so for me to make that decision, it was a bit, um, yeah, everyone just didn't quite understand yeah. and even friends. Cause yeah, most, yeah, actually all of my friends are also work, you know, as employees, yeah. they were, you know, like, Oh, okay. But I, you know, and supportive in general but like didn't quite understand why someone would do that and to be fair i didn't understand why people were self-employed before i became self-employed so i totally get it at all i totally get it
0: i think it's a lot well definitely with pandemic times it's maybe less shocking well yeah i mean because everyone's been kind of forced to work from, from home you know work way, from home or then or, start a side yeah, hustle or, yeah. or
1: do- so freelancing is definitely a lot more i think popular or more mainstream now than it was i, I definitely five years
0: think ago. it is um but i do think Think that there's still the misconception that if you're working for yourself, you're working at home, um, you're self-employed, that it means you have like more time to do non-work things yeah and that your schedule is complete like you know i always find that there's this idea that's sold you're just oh i'm gonna go freelance i'm just gonna work on a beach yeah and (laughs) make my money doing whatever number one you cannot work on a beach with a
1: laptop because of the sun glare i know so (laughs) let's just kill that dream yeah you cannot work with a laptop on a beach i've tried it's impossible
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i guess that goes into my next question is what's the biggest misconception people have about Going, you know, and it could be anything. It could be starting, yeah, just starting your own side hustle or, but yeah, mainly working for yourself. Like, because there's this thing I saw on Instagram the other day where someone's saying, I quit my nine to five so that I could work 24 7. Yeah, that's 100% <laughs> true. Well, that's the thing I see, yeah, a lot on social media, these
1: mainly, and I've been having this uh, issue, I feel like, with, you know, certain influencers on social media mm-hmm. who are like kind of business coaches or whatever, yeah. promoting this idea that um, you're basically basically a chump for working a nine to five. You're, you're slaving away, giving away all your hours to some evil corporation when you could be working for yourself and living your best life. And that is a dream. That is not the reality As someone who's no. been running her own business for full time for over almost five years. It'll be five years in January. Um, and it's been going, you know, well, it's, it's a, still a slow and steady yeah. kind of journey. And, that first year, especially because even though I did kind of have a foundation, I had my side hustle, I did earn about, I don't know, 20 to $30,000. You know, when I was working full time, that was the side hustle. So I'm like, okay, well, if I put full time hours towards this, I should be able to at least, you know, earn or out earn the salary that I'm I'm leaving behind. So that gave me some comfort. But uh, I still didn't really have much of a business plan, didn't quite know what all the different things that can come your way. Um, I really didn't know what I was doing. I don't have a business background. Um, and so... Did a ton of research, of course, and tried a lot of things and failed a lot of things. Um, if anyone has been a longtime listener, you may remember my failed attempt at trying to merge <laughs> fitness and finance in rich and fit. This wonderful, cute idea that I had with my friend Jackie that uh, did not work out, but we're, no. all, we're both doing well and, and she's good in the fitness world. I'm good in the yeah. finance world. Just didn't work together. <laughs> no, unfortunately. Um, you know, so there's, a, there's a, yeah, I worked all the time. I t- worked every single weekend. I worked mm-hmm. 10 to 12 hour days. For an entire year, and I definitely was getting very close to burnout. And so I understand when I see that meme that, you know, work 24 four seven. Absolutely. It, it's not like that anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But that's because I have been doing this for a while. I figured out different, you know, revenue uh, streams. Uh, I've also especially this year I've started to actually hire out uh, because I'm now making enough money in my business I can hire contractors for things like my wonderful podcast editor my wonderful Mm -hmm. sister who helps me with uh, a ton of different things in my business Uh, my YouTube videos most of those are now edited by uh, someone I hire just so I have more time to do other things so but, you know, for four years before that, I did every single thing myself. And also, the thing that you you don't hear about, sometimes you, you know, do research, and you're like, oh, just, you know, outsource, outsource, outsource. You know how hard it is to find good people? Like, I've worked with lots of different, yeah. you know, VAs or contractors, and they were awful, and I had to fire them. So, it's also, it's not as easy as just like, just hire someone to help you. It's like, yeah, but you have to hire someone who's good. And reliable. And reliable, and also affordable. Like, yeah. you also don't want to... You know, sometimes it is you get what you pay for, but I've also paid a lot of money for people that don't really deliver. Yeah. So it's you just it's it's not as easy. As, no. There's so many things that go into running your own business. Um, That's not to deter anyone. I, no. I mean, I love like I wouldn't give up what I'm doing now for the world. I absolutely love what I'm doing, yeah. but I think the the kind of messaging that's out there is that it's it's easy, you have more free time, um, and also that there's a negative uh, about being an employee, which I don't agree with. I, I think don't that's either. ridiculous. Because I actually, in general, liked being an employee. I liked having that stability and that certainty. And, and generally, I liked the jobs that I did. Yeah. Sometimes I would get bored. Usually
0: it was just like the culture, the environment, the mm-hmm. people I worked with. Yeah.
1: You know, you can't really control
0: those things. No. Yeah. And I think... Um, I don't, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with having a regular job. Yeah, Like, I think it's more so, yes, this weird narrative where you're less cool or I don't know. It's I so know. odd. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, for me, um, going freelance was very um, different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, it's different. And uh, ever since I graduated university for ogs if you do remember that episode is that it, we did is it, i'll even have to find it. i don't even remember what episode that is but I i'm have sure no it's, idea it's, i didn't take it off the podcast it's but not sure it's, it's there. still there i don't know what number it is it's got to be like five years old i'll try to find it, it and i'll like it in the show old. notes it would be five years old yeah so
1: just jumping in here, because I honestly couldn't remember this episode. It was so long ago. Yeah, apparently Sarah was on the podcast um, in 2016, June 25th, 2016. She was on episode 53. So I think this was after I did a full year of the podcast, or maybe it was like the last episode of the season or what what have you I don't know but anyways if you want to check it out it is episode 53 you can check it out on my website slash 53 or try to find it in the archives of wherever you're listening to this show
0: but uh yeah and we're talking about you know cuz i just graduated university and um i always had the sense that uh i i am not i don't suit the yeah. corporate lifestyle yeah. And I knew that in some capacity, I'd want to work for myself. And that's ever evolving. You know, I've only been um, self-employed since the start of this year. And it's still, it's like ever evolving. And I have to remind myself like, this is, you know, just take every week as it is and all that and um, things will evolve and things will grow and that's what's happened in your own business things how your business looked I'm sure from five years ago to now very different very different very very different and
1: that's that's another thing it's like it's it's that's natural for it to evolve Um, I feel like we get so hung up one thing that I've tried to get rid of is this idea of well, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. It is something that I need to work on every single day. But getting rid of this idea that things need to be perfect before yes. they can be released, launched, done or considered yeah. done. Because, it t- you know, certain things took me years to get off the ground just because it's like it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect. Um, but done is actually better than yes. perfect. Yeah. Um, I remind myself of that as well. Yeah. That's I mean, I tell you that yeah, as well. It's like it's really not about being perfect. People just want like people just want it done
0: get whatever they want done
1: done yeah and just like good enough like not good enough but like done well that's it i don't need something that's perfect no because nothing is is really perfect no um, and
0: your perfect might be different than my perfect. absolutely so it's it's not an attainable thing no perfection is not attainable so don't even bother
1: because it will just the 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 biggest i think struggle in my business and you know because i know so many other entrepreneurs and small business owners um you know some of which do very similar things to me um you know i have lots of uh, friends who do very similar things um yeah that's what we talk a lot about is is this um well a couple of things is that struggle with perfectionism um also that analysis paralysis there's so many things you can do and then it's hard to actually pick one thing to actually yeah. do um imposter syndrome every single person i have ever met even super super i was gonna successful say successful people deal that, with imposter syndrome do it you never still have well.
0: that does that ever go away no
1: it doesn't you just have to manage Great. it it's really it's just something that you manage like honestly okay. like yeah and i don't know if i've really shared this on the podcast maybe a little bit but uh you know for the past year I've been working with a therapist and he has been amazing. He also like specifically works he works with everybody, but he does uh, I work with him specifically cuz he has experience with people who run their own businesses and and some of the issues that they deal with. And yeah, imposter syndrome was a big issue cuz it's like how when will this go away? How many courses do I need to take or credentials yeah. do you, I need to get in order for me to feel good enough? Um what I've realized is like that's it's never really going to go away, so it is something you just need to manage, have some tools in your toolbox to figure out how to deal with it and then also realize like the thing that I'm currently doing is very public facing. And so I'm always going to encounter as someone who looks young, even though I'm not as young as I look um, and I'm a woman, I will always encounter people who will question everything that I do. I mean, every single day I will get a comment on, you know, social media or YouTube or even a nasty email yeah. telling me I don't know what I'm talking about, even though I know way more than those people. Cause I, cause I yeah. do, I just do. Cause I've actually done the work. I've been doing this for almost a decade. Yes, I'm on my way to become a financial planner. Like I know more than you, but it, so that's something that I have to, uh deal with every single day is people telling me you're an idiot uh or anything i mean i get comments i don't look at my podcast um uh, reviews anymore because most of them are really really mean that have usually nothing to do with me no but it's they just want to project something and usually it is like sexist or whatever
0: it's on them it's on them what can you do what can you do Going back to, you know, that whole, like, the culture of, you know, self-employed and everything, Mm -hmm. it does tie in with hustle culture. Yeah. So,
1: what are... The rise and grind culture. yeah. Yeah. I... Hate that, yeah. Well, you know what? I know a lot of people, um, kind of in my circle and community that are you know, entrepreneurs are also rejecting this idea because I think a lot of us subscribed to it, did it, yeah, and burned out, and yeah. or had you know, it just it made a lot of other issues flare up that we, you know, it, it's not a healthy way to live. The whole kind of Gary V, and I actually no. like Gary V, but. I don't like this idea that you need to grind, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle every single day. Because again, it's like, wait a minute. I thought the whole point was to enjoy life. I thought this was supposed to be better than the nine to five. Like I didn't, I've never, you know, I didn't grind this hard at my nine to five.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's my gripe with it is like, what, what are you hustling for? Well,
1: I think that's the, that's the other thing that I've had to really define in my own businesses. Um, a lot of people just hustle and do all the things in order to um, you know make a lot of money, get a lot of followers. yeah, because um, uh, those are the kind of two big things that people um, use as a benchmark for success. Yeah, and for me, it's like I have never had a thing that's just like taken off. You know, mm-hmm. I've never had a thing mm-hmm. where it's like overnight I have all these followers or mm-hmm. overnight I've made all this money. Um, I've been doing this for almost a decade and it literally has been like the, I feel like the the tortoise in the hair kind of thing. Like I'm the yeah. tortoise and as much as I would like to run as a tortoise, I just cannot with my little legs. And so I'm just like walking very slow, eventually going to get to whatever the finish line is. And hustle is.
0: culture would make you believe that you're failing because yes. Yes. you haven't had anything take off. When in 100%. actuality, that's not true. No, but it does. I mean, I, again, that's something that I
1: have to encounter every single day going on instagram and stuff is uh there's people that are like wow they've been doing
0: this six months so they have more instagram followers than me but it's like at the end of the day okay sure you might have how many odd yeah instagram followers but do those convert into Mm -hmm. what your business needs them to convert into so customers sales yeah it's
1: like you know those are just kind of in my opinion vanity metrics but also like for me I had to really recognize like I always and this is something that I practice every single day is reminding myself okay what is like the mission or the purpose of my business and it's like well I quit my corporate job in order to do something that I'm passionate about a but also b I want to help people I've uh, I'm sure talked about this on the podcast so many times but my I feel like kind of purpose in life or my kind of raison d'etre if you will is to help people I really love being able to affect people in a positive way Mm -hmm. Um, because so many other people especially like like going specific to personal finance have affected me and changed my life like there's certain books that changed my life certain bloggers that I read their blog inspired me and changed my life people I've met in the in the personal finance community that have just like been so inspiring I want to be able to do that how cool would that be and so that is the number one kind of um purpose for what I'm doing it's not followers and it's no. not money I mean because also like sometimes I think I'm like what am I going to do like you know see all these people I mean yeah I've had lots of people on the show who have been uh, reached fi- you know financial independence you know fire people yes you know at an early age and I think that's great good for them um but for me I'm like I don't want to hustle that hard or live a different lifestyle than I'm living right now uh, in order to just get a million dollars by the time I'm 30 or 40, yeah. you know, or whatever. Um, I'm doing what I'm doing and it's working and I'm, I'm building my wealth. I'm paying down my mortgage. I'm do- I'm being responsible with my money. But I don't think I'd be happier if I, you know, reach that FI
0: number by a certain timeline. Like, you know what I mean? I think the difference with um your career trajectory is that it's about longevity.
1: Yeah, I just want something for me, that's sustainable. And that's what I try to, I think, um, talk about on the show is being like ha- creating a a process and mm-hmm. a lifestyle that's sustainable. I don't like things that are kind of like a crash diet. Lots of these kind of fire things where it's like I'm going to, you know, reach this by 30. Like I see that all the time on Instagram. Uh, I'm going to yes. achieve this by 30. And now that I'm 35, I'm like, well, I missed that boat. But also, you know, it's it's not sustainable because it's, it's like, not. what did you and also again, let's uh, be real and this is I, I think this is something that I bugs me a lot is lots of people are not very transparent about well, how did you actually reach achieve that, that money grow? Right? And you it's because they earned you know a very high salary from uh, an early age maybe they had you know like right out of high school or not high school sorry university and um, maybe they didn't have any student loans that makes a big difference there's so many factors factors and so that's the thing that I always kind of try to to share on all my channels is you know good for them not for you it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing what matters is what you're doing so that's something again I I'm always constantly reminding myself like I'm doing this so I can run a business that's that makes me excited to get up in the morning. Yes. I'm creating content and courses and education that is going to help people because that's really what I want to do. Yes. And really all I want in terms of like success, like what does that mean to me is just getting that feedback from, mm-hmm. you know, listeners, yeah. course students, people that buy my budget spreadsheets. Hey, this really helped me. And then yeah. earning enough that I can pay my bills, go on some vacations, or retire at 65. I'm good. Yeah, Like, like I feel super blessed and lucky to be able to say that i even have that i don't need to be oprah i don't need to be like the wealthiest person out there or or have a tv show or whatever obviously i wouldn't say no if someone wants to offer that to me but that's not the goal because i don't feel like from all the people i've talked to over the years who do have those things who have a lot of money who have a tv show yeah Yeah. have you know all these kinds of uh, things that when you you look at it you're like oh that sounds so cool they're not happier because of that stuff Mm. it's it's the the Stuff that brings them joy usually is, is the simple things like yeah. family. I get to take time off when I want to, uh, whatever the case. It's that kind of stuff, that material stuff, or the stuff that we think will make you happy. It isn't. And, and another thing that I also want to mention, because I see this a lot on social media, you, yeah, I mean, talk about this a lot. I'm on social media a lot because of the pandemic, okay? We but, all are. <laughs> we all are. We all are. But it's um, this idea that um, money is the solution to all of your problems. It sure as hell can help a lot, a lot of your problems, but, but money itself shouldn't be the goal because it, it should be, well, what are you going to do with that money, yes. right? What is that money going to provide to you? And usually, then you'll actually find the real answer, which is security, comfort, just um, peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that you actually want. It's not the money. The money can help you get that. So so that's why we need to kind of move away from this idea that I'm going to be a millionaire by this age, or I'm going to be a billionaire. I see that now, yeah, it's not even cool to be a millionaire. You have I think to be a billionaire it's now.
0: The idea that we forget that money is a means to an end. Yeah, is this a tool? It's just a tool.
1: It will not, it, in and of itself, make you happy because there's a no. lot of people out there who have a lot of money that are not happy. There's a lot of people that don't have a lot of money that are way happier than those millionaires. True. You know? I
0: mean, would I rather be sad on a yacht? Sure. Sure. But it's you're it's, still sad. You're still sad. <laughs> so, <laughs> Right. I know that does lead me really nicely to my next question about the fact that you have a very front facing career.
1: Yeah. You mean like I'm I'm out there.
0: You're out there. Eyes are on yeah. you.
1: Eyes are on me. What yeah. does that feel like? Weird. Honestly, I try not to think about it. And also like I do keep a lot of things private. I am yeah. starting to share a lot more. And I think what most people don't really realize is the reason I've never shared like my net, you know, it, I don't, well, maybe it's as popular now, but you know, when I first started blogging, people would share their budgets, they would share their income, they would share their net worth numbers. I never did that because yeah. I, I was embarrassed because I was broke yeah. I was in my 20s and broke. Um, so I was kind of ashamed, quite honestly, um, which is ridiculous. I shouldn't have been ashamed um, because I was making, you know, progress and you shouldn't be comparing yourself to others. But anyway, um, but a, a big reason why I don't share some of my numbers is because it is kind of linked to my husband. He is part of, you know, is mm-hmm. part of my family uh and you know we we do things together and he really wants to keep that you Mm -hmm. know some um of those numbers private so when i do share my numbers it really is just my money it it has nothing to do with so it's like you know my portion of the the house and then all of my kind of stuff but that uh, like i i I basically want to respect the people that i need to respect because i don't want to he's been so supportive obviously we've been together 14 years yeah he's just like yeah just don't share too much about that stuff because it affects me too you know
0: There's also the idea that boundaries are great. Boundaries, exactly. And setting them is healthy. Everyone doesn't need to know everything. No, they don't need to. And also like my
1: whole... You know platform is about helping you as yeah. the the listener as the the course student it's it's not the the message and something that used to be I feel like something that I, I felt bad about I'm like it's not about me because I, I don't really have a great amazing story I didn't pay a hundred thousand dollars in debt mm-hmm. in two years I didn't reach a million dollars by 30 you know I didn't do anything crazy yeah but I feel like I've actually been doing well and I'm happy with how things are and also like the other thing is like I have been taking you know all of these years to not only do all this research and and, and self-learn, self-educate myself, but also doing proper training so I can be a better educator to you. Uh, You know, first I became an accredited financial counselor. Now I'm on the path to become eventually a CFP. And so that's why I'm like, I don't think it's super important for me to share how much money I have or how much my business earns because why do you care how much my business earns how do, like at the end of the day you're coming to this podcast you're going on my blog you're going on my youtube channel or following me because you want to know how to help yourself who cares about me you know yeah. what I mean? like when i want to learn something like how do i bake bread i don't care how much money that person on instagram with the bread instagram makes on his bread business no i, I just want to know how to make bread you know yeah. what i mean no and so that's something i'm always very mindful of it's like Is this actually helpful or is this just to give myself a pat on the back? Yeah. Yeah. If it's not helpful, then I'm not going to share it.
0: As your sister and now who's someone who, you know, works with you, that uh, it is interesting that, you know, I forget that the people say YouTubers I watch Mm. or, you know, different podcasts that I listen to where how I feel about those people like, oh, they're so cool. Mm. People think that way about you. Yeah, I don't think about that. That's weird. That's a weird thing to think about
1: it. It, and also, that seems like a bit pompous for me to be it like, would well, like, please, but I think you <laughs> know like literally whenever I think about that, there's another voice in my head being like, get over yourself, Jessica, you're a personal finance content I creator, know. the nerdiest niche in the world. I know.
0: And um, but that reminds me of that someone um, you asked a Instagram question and someone said like, oh, you know, a little bit cheeky, like, oh, like, uh, what does it feel like to have a sister who's famous? Oh, I yeah. T- yeah. I don't think of you as famous. Well,
1: no, because I'm not. me. You know. Yeah. I think yeah, fame fame to me is like, I don't know, like Jennifer Lawrence or something. Like, you a know, movie like someone who's like a movie star yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I mean, I definitely from working on the back end of your stuff, mm. um, I do see that, you know, as opposed to all the people who have um, you know, their platforms are really based on yeah, they're they're yeah. working towards a number goal. Mm. Um, so which we all love to read those stories. We all sure, love to read I, those I love, I'm so nosy and so curious about what everyone's doing totally. with their money. For sure. Love that. Yeah. However, most of the time, not relatable. No. Because, like, personally, I'm not. It's not like I'm working towards, oh, I have to be a millionaire by the time yeah. I'm 30. I mean, clock's a ticking. Not going to happen. No. But um, I see that uh for you and, like, if we weren't sisters... yeah. I know why people would follow you. Oh, why? Because <laughs> of the relatability.
1: <laughs> oh, good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I mean, yeah, it's the... You're just like regular jazz. Because I am. You know? Literally, that's all I got.
1: I know. Right? Right. Like, that's what I I think defaulted to. Because I'm like, okay, I don't have any, like, special story. So, maybe let's just try being me. Yeah. Uh, uh, give it a go and see what happens. And a big like uh way I did that was starting the podcast because it's me talking and there's no hiding behind a fancy no. photo or, or whatever. Not that I know how to take a good Instagram picture. No idea how to do that. It's That's hard something I don't, and I'm never going to learn how I just don't care. I just don't know how I think I'm too old to learn how to like, no, do no, some no. of those poses. No. But anyways, I don't, I don't care enough to do that. So the podcast was a great way for people to get to know me as me, not just like a an image or or text or something yeah. like that, where people can kind of make their own maybe assumptions, but they can hear me and my voice and my thoughts and be like, oh, okay, I think I kind of uh, get a sense of who this person is. Totally,
0: yeah, definitely one moving away from a bit of that. Mm. Um, maybe more selfishly, yeah, I want to know motivation. Yeah, elusive as self employed people.
1: So, oh. So, you're, so how, do you, how do you motivate yourself as you're, yeah. if you're
0: self-employed? Yeah.
1: Well, so yeah, you need to create your own goals and benchmarks. So what I have done for definitely the past five years. No, yeah, especially it really started when I first quit my job, became self-employed. So this all kind of happened. The new new, uh, kind of life journey happened, you know, it started in January, 2017. Mm-hmm. And I was actually talking to one of uh, my husband's friends who's a very successful realtor, very, you know, ambitious. He's doing so many great things. I'm always like in awe of him. And uh, he says one of the things that he does, he's like, I know it sounds cheesy, but I uh, make a vision board every single year. Of what I want to accomplish. And um, almost every year, I accomplish almost everything. So it's not about being, again, perfect. But if you put some, you know, again, use like the smart goals, the smart action, wait, what is it? What is it? Specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time based. Very good. uh, Yes, I know. Finally memorized that Um, kind of method of uh, making goals and then create a visual representation of those goals, which uh, I try to do. Sometimes I get lazy and I just like put post its. On my corkboard in my office So I see them every single day So it's not quite visual Like a pretty magazine photo Or whatever But um, you know Just something that I can look at Every day to be like What are we going to accomplish This year And you can do that For your life goals Your career goals Mm -hmm. Business goals Whatever Um, And I've definitely It's definitely Been something that I've fine-tuned You know Sometimes I You know The first couple years Put too many goals And feel terrible Because I didn't accomplish all of them Now I like to stick to Maybe five goals Maybe six or something and, and they, again, are like, I know I can achieve them if I just follow through. Mm-hmm. And so having set those goals at the beginning of the year or whenever you want, it's never too late to set goals. And then putting them someplace that you see every single day so they're always front of mind. And also when you're like in that kind of state of business where you feel overwhelmed, you're really busy, and then you're kind of like, what am I even doing? Uh, you know, you have so many things on your to-do list. Then you can take a look at, wait, 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 what are the goals again? And let's take a look at the to-do list to see mm-hmm. what connects to those goals. Sometimes there will be like, things on your to-do list, you're like, this isn't actually helping me achieve my goals. And so why am I even, why do I put that on the to-do list? Like there's so many things that I find myself get excited about. Like for instance, I just recently worked with a, I hired a brand strategist so we, she can help mm-hmm. me, you know, create new fonts and colors and really um, create a, a good visual for my brand because everything I've done I've done it myself and I'm like, I don't know what I, I don't know. I don't even like the color pink. How is that my brand color? So I needed someone to help me with that. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to just go in and change all of the things that I've got, my website, all the colors. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's just calm down. You have so many other things that are more important that you do now. Look at your goals. There will be time to update Mm -hmm. everything. This is not the time. So setting goals is key. Um, Another thing is having, then kind of chunkifying them. And being like, okay, so those are the goals. What are the steps to actually achieve those goals? So as an example, one big goal of mine uh, this year was to actually do uh, quite a few courses um, to to become, most likely I'm going to become a QAFP before a CFP, which is a Qualified Associate Financial Planner. Um, and in order to do that, um, there's a number of courses I have to do through the Canadian Securities Institute. And uh, so I, I created basically like, okay, these are the courses I need to do. I want to do at least two of them But if I pass the first two, we're going to try to do the other two because they are shorter Mm -hmm. courses. And then I created a timeline. So basically one course uh a quarter so again creating those goals and then really chunkifying them because one of my goals is to become a qafb chunkify them what do you have to do what are the steps Well I have to pass all these courses okay well how are you going to pass all those courses well i've got a timeline uh try to study and pass the exam every single quarter of this year so Mm -hmm. that should
0: hopefully mean
1: that i uh so just
0: getting really really specific you've got to
1: get really specific outline everything write things down try different methods. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I like writing things down in a notebook. Sometimes it's a spreadsheet, sometimes mm-hmm. it's a Google Doc, whatever the case, but just get things written down and organized and then literally create that schedule and then just stick to it. So it's, it's kind of like... I feel like sometimes it's like splitting yourself in two where it's like there's you as the worker and you as the boss, even though it's, mm, you're the that's same a good person. Way to think. I, I have Jessica as the boss and then I've got Jessica as the worker. And sometimes Jessica as the worker can procrastinate and make excuses. Then Jessica, the boss, comes in to be like, hey, remember this whole strategy, this whole mm-hmm, kind of timeline mm-hmm. and calendar we created? Let's get back to that. So that's been the biggest thing for me. And then also trying different methods, for instance, for like my daily to-do list, I've got, you know, some to-do things that I have to do every single day, and then there's, you know, kind of bigger projects, smaller projects. And sometimes, you know, I write them all down in a notebook and then like to cross them off. Sometimes I find that I'm not looking at my notebook anymore. So that means, oh, okay, I guess that method isn't working. I'm getting a bit too comfortable with it. So let's choose a different Let's use a spreadsheet with a checklist. Or recently I've been using Asana. We use Asana to kind of keep things organized. So sometimes it's about rotating the different methods. If you're like, I'm getting lazy, I'm not using Asana. Okay, let's use the workbook again or something like
0: that. Okay, yeah, that's actually, that's very helpful. And, you know, with goals, what about um, do you as... Uh, maybe more so in the beginning, did you ever have a plan B? I mean, yeah, the plan B was to get a job. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the plan B, yeah, I don't think most people know this. I, sh- I think I shared this on my Instagram. I can't remember. Um, But... My plan was when I quit my job, I gave myself one year, one year to at least match or um, beat the salary that I left behind because that would be proof to me that, okay, this isn't just, mm-hmm. you know, you're playing around. This isn't a hobby. This is you, you know, actually making a living. Um, and so I gave myself a year. But if I didn't accomplish that by the year's end, then it'd be time for me to look for another job. good. Okay. And then I, it wouldn't be the worst thing because it's like, it's not like I was just, hanging out I was like trying but I could put that yeah. on my resume that I oh I've learned all these new things I worked for myself for this mm-hmm. year all this kind of stuff so I that was my plan B is just to get a job basically for for me now that's not really my plan I that's always kind of a plan B I guess yeah I, I mean it's get not a job a bad if plan I need B. to but at this point, um, you know, I think things are going well because every year my business revenue increases. Um, I have more free time, which means I'm not working hard, you know, harder I'm working smarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and things are just kind of naturally expanding. But also the big thing that's been the biggest difference in my business is how what my business actually is. Before it really was, most of my revenue was from influencer work, mm-hmm. working with brands. Now it's not as much. Honestly, most of it really does come down to, well, I've got my podcast, so I do have ads. So that's, yes. that's not really influencer work, I would say. That's more just no. like I'm running like a content thing. Yeah. You know, it's ads. Um, Like, you know, if I didn't run the podcast, then I wouldn't make... Money, so no, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, I know. Uh, so I've got the podcast, of course. Um, do make some revenue through YouTube, which is um, uh, just like ads uh, with that. And then I've got my budget spreadsheets. I've got my investing course, both building blueprint for Canadians. We'll be releasing a, another course uh, this fall, which I'm very excited about, which is more on the financial planning front. Um, But the goal for me was always to create a business where I didn't have to rely on working with brands. I just want to work with brands, um, you know, enough so I can basically pay my bills and have money so I could eventually create my own products and services on my
0: own. Excellent.
1: You just want to always, like I tell you all the time, it's so important to have multiple streams of income. I agree. But you also don't want to pigeonhole yourself. And also, you know, when I see all these like influencers, on, you know, online, mm. just make other, I'm like, but you do one wrong thing, you get canceled, whereas them, you have no more money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that yeah. I think I'm going to get canceled or, you know, that should be, but it's just one of those things just like, you just want to basically recession, in my mind, this is the the term I use. And this was something that me and a a bunch of women who were on a retreat several years ago, uh, chatted about before the pandemic, which is actually funnily enough, we're all talking about how can we recession proof our businesses? Because we all were millennials that dealt with the the first recession or the the last one. Um, How can we, you know, set ourselves up? So if something happens, we'll still have a business, we can still make money. And I've been working hard at doing that. And it's so far, so good.
0: So I thought we can now move into let's do some money talk okay let's do some money talk because guess what some money podcast it sure is it (laughs) sure as hell is okay what do you got Uh, so I was thinking what is the biggest thing that you think someone should money-wise look into before they start working for themselves so I mean taxes or what do you think is the big is it taxes I mean well people always forget about taxes no I'd say honestly
1: the biggest thing like before you quit your day job even if you had like a side hustle like Mm -hmm. me where you were generating uh income from that before you leave your job you really should be like take some time to create a business plan which I did not do and I regret because it it made that first year of business so much harder um but also more importantly have a emergency fund not just a personal one but also one for your business that was one of my questions yeah because you <laughs> do know you, you have one
0: for your business yes
1: because uh, of course you need to have money for your personal you need to pay your personal bills like your rent your, yes. your utilities your groceries but also for your business I mean for me a lot of my my business expenses are um, like monthly subscriptions because all of these different apps that I use like yes my course platform that's like a monthly subscription or it could be a yearly subscription that you need to save money uh, mm-hmm. in advance for so um, if I didn't have money you know because there's there's times where I'm making a lot of money make and then there's times like this summer every single summer I make hardly any money I think people don't realize that and that's usually it's okay with me because I try to take time off during the summer, yeah, yeah yeah but it's like almost nothing for real But the rest of the year is like, okay, we're we're doing fine. So you've got to be prepared for those ups and downs of your income. And you do that by having a personal emergency fund. So Mm -hmm. you can always pay your personal bills, but also a business emergency fund so you can pay your business bills.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was one of my questions afterwards. So, yeah. So, so that, so that's, a really
1: important thing. I think another thing that people forget about is, and again, this depends on what your business is, but getting business insurance, so liability insurance. So I, uh, I think a lot of people too also think that if you incorporate your business, then you're good, you're safe, mm-hmm, you've got mm-hmm. this uh, a- extra liability um, kind of protection, which you sort of do, but you actually still need business mm-hmm. insurance because basically all uh, you know incorporating means is someone cannot sue you personally and then take all your personal assets. They can sue your corporation, but again, th- that means that they can sue your corporation, mm-hmm. possibly win. Uh, that could be a very expensive court battle. How you pay for all of that is business insurance, so make sure to get some business insurance to uh, protect yourself and that is it goes for if you're incorporated or you're a sole proprietor
0: okay cool that's a very good tip mm. one of mine and i actually don't think i know the answer to this is do you have a money philosophy
1: um hmm. that's a good question um i mean i don't know if i have one that i've like invented myself but there's definitely some you don't have to philosophies have <laughs> that i live by mm-hmm. um i'd say like the one that i i learned at a very young age from and I think I shared this on the podcast from like a French professor I had in middle school who I think was going through something. Um, Mm -hmm. He said, you know, be very careful with credit, never buy anything that you cannot afford to pay, you know, for in cash. So that's something that's, I mean, obviously you can't do that with things like buying a house or Mm -hmm. sometimes buying a car, but for for lots of little things, especially like just just those like personal wants, I never buy anything uh, on credit that I cannot afford to immediately pay off that day. So that's one thing that I've just lived by and will always live by i
0: live by that as well mm-hmm. i think our mom yes was very big on that yeah credit cards are not a debit card no she still to this day mainly uses her debit card for
1: purchases for me i don't as much i usually i have like a good system with my credit cards and stuff like that but mm-hmm. um but yeah it's, it's basically like let's not go crazy because no. credit cards can be dangerous if you you know you, it's very easy to spend on them right
0: very easy and there's a difference between wants and needs. Yes exactly Um, yeah so we definitely have that in common yeah but I'd say like another
1: one that I know you live by too is just like living within your means yes right so they kind of go hand in hand it's like don't spend more money than you can afford to to spend but really like taking a look at your income level and Mm -hmm. not you know getting caught up in what other people are doing and spending how they're spending their money you've got to really just focus on what can we afford or I afford what makes sense for me and my own personal goals and then just stay true to that it can be so easy just to look at what other people are doing and feel like well i should have that or i should buy that or i'm going to buy that it's like but why though yeah and
0: i i it leads me to to because your whole business is talking about money Mm. and money for you know decades and decades has been a very taboo subject Mm -hmm. um i do talk about money with my friends obviously i talk about it with with you and the rest of our family but um you know i talk about it with my friends but uh i would say it's still a little like oh should i ask like Mm -hmm. oh you're getting a new job like what's the pay (laughs) what's the salary yeah i am curious i would have to ask do you think it's less taboo now i think it's less taboo Um, because of all this personal finance people are getting more into it i haven't I say it's a lot more popular.
1: I, I think, so. oh, yeah. I feel like because of the pandemic, or maybe it's just because I've been online a lot more, I feel like there's so many more people
0: creating yes. content
1: about yes. this and talking about this, which in general I think is really good because we do need to, to make this um, just more mainstream and just like a normal thing. You shouldn't yeah. have to. Feel like it's you know inappropriate to talk about. Hey, are we splitting the bill or can you pay your half and I pay? Yeah. you know, or or just like asking your friend. Hey, do you mind me asking how much you're earning? And then you know, also on the other side of it, if you you don't want to share it, just be like, oh, I'm not really comfortable, which is fine. Um, which is fine. Or you know, very well. What a lot of people do that I know of who are entrepreneurs because we you know talk a lot about rates and just like how much you are charging for this so we can help each other because you know the more we all earn the more we all earn you know it's not we don't want I don't want anyone to charge uh, you know significantly lower than me if they're doing something similar to me because then that means next time that brand will come to me be like sorry we have a smaller budget exactly exactly. you know so we don't want that Uh, but you know one kind of thing you can do is instead of giving the specific number is giving a range it's between this and this just so then you can have an idea of you know this is so important especially when you're looking for a job or interviewing and want to negotiate really getting clear on what are some ranges I don't need a specific dollar amount like ninety six thousand or
0: twenty six thousand or whatever yeah, yeah. what
1: is the range so I can have a good kind of idea of where I should start
0: that's very good yeah mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense um yeah I'm trying to remember do you remember any of the questions that we got from people on Instagram? Let me check. Let me check my
1: phone. Okay, so I've got the questions. I'm going to hand them over to you and you can ask.
0: Oh, I really enjoy this question. Okay. Do you and your sister have the same personal finance slash investing strategy? Why or why not? Uh, Well, you would know what I'm up to. So what do you think? I would say we do have very similar um, personal finance, uh, just philosophies in general, because we grew up in the same house. Mm -hmm. We're both major town savers yeah um and um we're very afraid of debt yes very afraid of debt i hate debt. i hate it i think we both um it does i think fall into finance category of just the idea of hard work yeah. Like working hard and we both worked during school so mm-hmm. we both worked during university to pay and for school. university and uh, so yeah I would say any.
1: yeah no yeah I think that's I mean those are those things that we grew up with because we you know we grew up I, I'd say middle class but maybe lower middle class I would say
0: yeah when I was like a like smaller yeah. kid it was definitely I would say lower middle yeah. class and, and then you know as our parents got
1: older and you know got raises and you know yes. progress in their careers obviously there was more money but you know And I had lots of conversations with her mom actually over this trip about, you know, some of our kind of money isms, Mm -hmm. like how we are afraid of debt, but we're also kind of afraid of taking chances in terms of risk. And that was something I had actually personally overcome is the idea that if I start investing my money, I'm going to lose all my money. And that Mm. really comes from... Uh, her parents, our grandparents because yes. they were depression era, and yeah. they also came from very poor families, like poverty. Yes. And you may remember this, uh, if you're a longtime listener, but you can definitely find it and Sarah will put it in the show notes. There is an episode of my grandpa. Unfortunately he is no longer with us, mm-hmm. but it was one of the best things that I've ever done on this podcast mm-hmm. was be able to to learn about his story and 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 just how he literally um figured out a way out of poverty. And yeah. not not an easy thing to do. Um, but because of, you know, kind of our backgrounds and also like on the, you know, my dad's side of the family, also not rich. Um, you know, that's why I think we have a lot of the the things that we have. You know, it's like we're great savers and we're really anti-debt. Yes. But also the thing that we all kind of need to work on is this idea of building wealth, the next kind of thing. Yes. So that's something that I've yes. definitely learned.
0: I think, um, yeah, because one of the other questions is what did our parents teach us about finances growing up? Mm-hmm. And honestly... It was just to save. It was. Save, That's save, save. That's the save. biggest thing. And also... Um, they were
1: very transparent in terms of like what we could and couldn't afford. Yes. So I know other, you know, families, I'd always be like, oh, how could they afford that trip to Disneyland? Or how could they afford mm-hmm. to buy this new house or mm-hmm. new wardrobe or whatever? And honestly, there was one, I don't know if you remember them, but there were some neighbors of ours years ago when we were kids and they had such, a, they had a nice house, it was friends with her, you know, daughter and they had a pool, they had a hot tub. Um, she had those kind of motorized, uh, you know, kid cars or oh. whatever. They had all of these cool toys and everything. And they, uh, after a few years, they had to sell their house because they went bankrupt. They were putting Mm -hmm. everything on credit. They were just living beyond their means, trying to keep up with the Joneses. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of for me, you know, even as a kid, because our parents talked about it, like, this is what happened. Like, they could not afford that house. It went into, they went bankrupt. They had to. Um, sell it and move and all this kind of stuff. uh, It made me really aware of, oh, so it's really, really important to be aware of, you know, credit and debt and and all that kind of stuff.
0: And I would also say, um, especially our mom, the value of money in Mm -hmm. general. Yeah, I would say, um, as opposed to some people, you know, even when I was at university, um, the fact that I, you know, paid for Mm -hmm. school Mm -hmm. made me value your education my education more Mm -hmm. and um whereas um maybe i had some friends or some people that i met in school who didn't pay for school Mm -hmm. and they were a lot more blasé when it came to Mm -hmm. effort (laughs) yeah so, which isn't to say don't
1: save, you know, money for your kid. in an No, RSP. I think it's amazing. We would have loved that. I would if have loved it. But I think it's also equally important to teach your kids at the same time the value of money and. You know, tell them, where did this money come from? Well, we saved all these years yes, for exactly. you to go to college. Um, and also, you can take that money away from them. Yeah. You don't have to give it. To yeah, them. I agree. Um, so, so really, that's the key thing, isn't it? Is it's not... And I think our parents honestly did a good job, mainly our mom, because she's the money manager yes. of the family, is being open and honest with your kids don't be like oh no you're too young for that or no it's really inappropriate to talk about money it's like in this day and age no you need to talk about money and just yeah. be transparent like it's not in our budget and and then they'll be like what's a budget it's like well let me show you what a family budget looks like yeah it's like that like that those things had such a huge impact on our, our yeah. how we manage our money today I
0: and I think it's even even the little things of you know I'm sure same thing like when I was in middle school you know there's fat farms if anyone remembers that callback of a shoe but i really wanted them i'm like a what fat farms you don't don't remember that fat it's ph fat yes okay (laughs) okay but there are um darina jeans if anyone remembers those jeans you're six years younger so i have no idea what you're talking about um but anyways uh i wanted these yeah really wanted these jeans and quite a few of my classmates had those jeans Mm -hmm. and mom point blank was like I am not spending Mm -hmm. $100 on jeans. You're 13. I know. And as a 13-year-old, I was like, why? But as an adult, (laughs) I was like, fair. Fair. That makes sense. And I would have to say that that actually, um, going forward in Mm -hmm. my adult life, Mm -hmm. definitely made me think about, okay, when I spend my money, I don't want to just spend it on trends. There has to be a good reason I'm parting with my money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that could also fall back into just, you don't want to be too much of a penny pincher. No. And believe me, I have lots of pant stories for you. <laughs> I remember
1: every, cause there's so many trends. I remember in middle school, cargo pants became oh, the big thing mm. and mom refused. Like there was this great pair and I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, I look so great in them. I want these. And the other mm-hmm. are too expensive by her, uh, standards. And so the only way you can get cargo pants was at Costco. <laughs> and they were for boys and they were too big and I was way too I I wore them anyway (laughs) but I was very embarrassed every time I wore them also I remember when flared jeans became the thing so like mom jeans were out flared jeans were in and I'm like oh I want some flared jeans and I think my mom only allowed me to buy two pairs one like jean like blue jean Mm -hmm. and one black jean and she's like but otherwise you have to wear all the rest of the jeans that you already have because she did not believe flared jeans were going to be a thing well they lasted like 15 years mom So I had to, I literally wore those two pa- pairs of pants just like yeah. rotation every si- so it was like you know sometimes it was like the black jean three times and then the blue jeans two times every single day for like a year because I was yeah. I did not I could not wear those mom jeans and now mom jeans are in again And they're in and you you have a pair I certainly do have a pair and you know what I actually full look good in them I think you do I mean full circle full circle but th- those are things it's like you're embarrassed as a kid you're like oh my god but also she did teach me about like it's don't just blow all your money on no. clothes like who cares and because also like then the next year also i was growing so it's like they didn't fit exactly next year, so like
0: she you know and literally in six months usually yeah things will have changed yeah so yeah exactly um this is a very nice question mm-hmm. what is your favorite thing about each other that's cute that's cute do you, go first? <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to go first um
1: you go first okay my favorite thing about you
0: I don't think I even
1: I don't even I don't think either of us know I don't think we know let me just think of something on the spot I would say you are very thoughtful oh yeah you're a very thoughtful person that's sometimes too much
0: Uh. sometimes
1: you think too much (laughs) about other people but I think in general you have really good intentions and
0: you're very always like thinking out for other people thank you that's nice mm-hmm. um I would say mine is I very much admire your um go-getter mm. ability and your just your ability to just be like I'm gonna do this mm-hmm. as, and it do, I will figure out a way to do it I'm just gonna do it yeah and that's both in personal and business yeah for you that's true That's how I met my husband. That's yeah, that's
1: that's (laughs) I like him. He's gonna be my boyfriend. (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. (laughs) He didn't have a choice. No, he did not. Um, yeah. You know, it's I hear that from some people like, oh, how do you, you know, try all these things, or Mm -hmm. where do you get that drive? I've always had some sort of drive. I don't know where it came from. I've had it since I was um I'd say starting in like middle school, and it honestly Mm. was sparked by I think people not thinking I could achieve things. Yeah. Like so you oh, want to prove yeah, that sure. And they're like, well, I'll show you. And I definitely yeah. have that I'll show you mentality mm-hmm. still um, a little bit. But I don't know. I think it's it's not that I just ha- ha- I'm fearless. I'm certainly not fearless. I'm afraid of everything. Um mm-hmm. it's that I basically I'm afraid of the thing and I do it anyway. Like I for I literally yeah. force myself to do the thing anyway. Kind of like, I don't know what's a good example, but I, know. I, I, I just like I, sp-
0: starting this podcast. Well, starting
1: this podcast, I mean, that was terrifying. But it honestly, like, to give you kind of a weird visual, it's like someone opening a door, and it's like the Arctic or something. that's super cold. You're like, I don't want to go in there. That seems really cold. But I need to like you know, go a few miles or whatever to pick up this golden chalice. I don't know what I'm, I i do not know where I'm going with this, but let's just see where this happens. Indiana Jones? I don't know. Maybe it's a <laughs> bit of Indiana Jones. Um, and they're like, I don't want to. But then you're like, well, hell, I'll just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the cold, you walk and it's really hard. And, but then you get to the kind of the, you know, yeah. the, the reward at the end. It's yeah. like doing something uncomfortable to get to a point that you're, so you're more comfortable. And yeah. it really just starts with doing one thing, that terrifies you mm-hmm. and then doing another thing and another thing and another thing forever <laughs> and like honestly like it really started I started really trying this out I mean I started you know really I guess when I applied to film school like I, yes. I don't think most people know this because I talk a lot about how I went to SFU for for film but uh the first year that I applied I was rejected I did not get in uh, mm-hmm. so that was a big failure and knocked my ego But also it was great because I'm like, you know what? That's okay. They said you don't have like enough experience or whatever. I'll apply again the next year. And then the next year, I got on their waiting list. So I still didn't even get in. I was kind of devastated. I was trying to make other plans. I'm like, should I go to BCIT and their their video production program? And uh, then I, I luckily got in. Someone dropped out and I got in. And that's, you know. How I got it, so it's like that was like a thing that I that was terrifying. There was some failure involved, and mm-hmm. I I did it anyway, and I, I just mm-hmm. it, it all worked out. But yeah, then slowly, especially after I finished university, and um, you know, that's when I realized, okay, in order to get to where you want to be in life, you have to be uncomfortable, and you have to be afraid of things, but then do the thing anyway, and and just mm-hmm. embrace embrace those feelings that feel so terrifying, feelings. the uncomfortable, like the anxiety, the fear, the re- possible regret, mm-hmm. the the shame the embarrassment like all of the negative things you can think yeah. about you may encounter those, do the thing anyway. You may surprise yourself because it may actually be good on the other side.
0: And also usually what you're thinking of the worst possible scenarios mm. are very far-reaching. Usually like they're, they're just not. like ridiculous. Yeah. You're like everyone's gonna
1: stop being my friend and, and I'm gonna lose all my to money so, and I'm gonna have to move yeah. back in with my parents and I'm gonna... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. it's like exactly. no, everything's fine. Like honestly that was a big fear of me and Josh when we moved to uh, Toronto we thought the first year we were not gonna get any jobs mm-hmm. and we it like sold all of our furniture I and remember. didn't know anyone in Toronto and we're like well I guess the worst case scenario is we don't make any money and then the little money that we have left we will drive back to Vancouver and move back in with my parents yeah and that would have been you know embarrassing because we literally left be like we're gonna be Bye. So we're gonna be so great in mm-hmm. Toronto that's why we're leaving because we literally left so we can just kind of kick-start our careers and
0: so it would have been really devastating to be like um so that didn't work out can we move back <laughs> but you know what even if that did happen you would have found a different route so it's fine yeah
1: yeah it's fine. and sometimes i find i work very good under Pressure. extreme circumstances yeah especially if it's things that like oh i'm so close to failure that's usually when like i don't know something happens and i like kind of mm-hmm. move a switch mm-hmm. to overdrive
0: and you know then yeah. you kind of surprise yourself with how capable you actually are true um, and then, um, I'll just add to yeah. that. One of the things that I also love about you mm. is your sense you said of love. I said love. <laughs> I said love. I did say like
1: Sisters.
0: Um, uh, sense of humor.
1: Oh, you think I'm funny? Yeah. That's nice. You think I'm funny? Yeah, I do. Yeah, there you
0: go. We have the same sense we of humor. We have, we're, I mean, it's going to be, I will have to listen back to this episode. I hope, so. we, I hope there's some funny parts. I hope so too. I'm also just thinking, Will we sound like there's only one person speaking? Because we sound identical. Because we sound the same. I think my voice is deeper than yours. I think so, too. Yeah. Um... But you'll see. You'll find out if you're confused with who the
1: hell is talking. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Can't help it.
0: Sisters. Sisters, (laughs) (laughs) That's a weird thing that we do. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Ew. Okay. Um, Yeah. So that was pretty much. Those were the questions. Those were the
1: questions. Well, I guess this is time to wrap it up. Do you want to wrap it up? And I'm actually just going to wrap it up because (laughs) then it was like 10 minutes of us just talking about things that were irrelevant to the podcast. So anyways, thank you so much for listening to this episode. This is episode 294. In case you're wondering, uh, Sarah is going to have to re-listen to this episode and write the show notes. I hope you really enjoyed this uh, special interview that I did with my sister, Sarah. And again, um, if you want to hear our original interview, my gosh, I should probably re-listen to it because it's been years. It's episode 53 from 2016. Gosh. So yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this uh, special kind of bonus episode to kind of kick off season 13 of the more money podcast. Uh, For all the show notes of any episode ever of the show, uh, just go to my website, jessicamorehouse.com slash podcast, or for a specific episode, just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash whatever the number of the episode is. And just as a reminder, make sure to follow me on Instagram. You can find me at Jessica I. Morehouse. And if you also want to follow my sister, Sarah, well, hers is at Sarah J. Morehouse. How weird is it that we both did first name, middle initial, last name? That's weird. Hey, didn't even know that until I just looked at our Instagram today. Uh, You can also follow me on Twitter at J-E-S-S-I underscore Morehouse. And I also have a YouTube channel that has uh, a lot of great videos on there that very different than the podcast. So you can find me, um, just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash YouTube or, you know, Google Jessica Morehouse inside YouTube and you'll be able to find my channel and subscribe it. Uh, Very exciting that I was able to, uh, you know, pass the 10,000 subscriber mark over the summer. Very exciting. So, anyways, that is it for me. Thank you so much for listening. A big shout out to my podcast editor, as always, Matt Rideout. Uh, and I will see you back here next Wednesday with a fresh new episode of the More Money Podcast. Until then, have a good rest of your week. Have a good weekend. See you soon.